All right, Brad, after taking last week off, we are back. We took off Christmas week so we could just relax and chill out. Plus, there was nothing going on with the, the lockout. Rich people still arguing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. How was, how was Christmas? How was the time with the family? It was great. It was um, <clears throat> actually pretty chill this year. We had uh, one one house on Christmas Eve, about 10 people. And then the next day um, at uh, my in-laws, we only had uh, the four of us in our family plus them. Uh, her brother-in-law was supposed to make it with his wife. But um, I- I'm sure you've seen on the news, if you live in the West Coast, there is uh, – Lots of storms and mm. getting over the pass to get to Reno is kind of tough right now. So they uh, we kind of pushed that out a week or two. So I think uh, after this weekend we'll we'll get together and do that Christmas. Um, so yeah, we got heard a noise back there. I thought I locked one of our one of my cats in here, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so you know so it was nice it was pretty mellow pretty chill got some uh couple of nice nice gifts uh i'm not much of a you know nowadays you know being in my late 40s people go what do you want for christmas i got I, I everything i don't know i don't need anything else so yeah <laughs> uh yeah so we did similarly we had the the one on christmas eve the get together and then the one on christmas day um got to uh, you know, really it's about the little ones. Like they still get yeah. such a kick out of it. So, you know, my stepkids being as young as they are, uh, my stepdaughter, she got like a violin from her dad. Nice. And so she's been ripping through that thing. <laughs> does it sound yeah. good? It does. It does. It sounds really oh, good. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some level of, uh, you know, e- the, it's, I'm sure it's not like a real violin where you have to like hold it correctly and everything for it to sound good. Like I'm sure yeah. it helps a little bit. The, the one that she got, but it's, it's really cool. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just hung out with the family, got to see the warriors, get a nice win on Christmas day. Yeah. Niners. Oh man. They, oh, they yeah. pooped the bed on uh, a couple days before Christmas Eve, yeah. but can't have but, them all. And now Jimmy Garoppolo supposedly has a thumb injury. So yeah. it's going to be Trey Lance time to close the season. And then we Rams, got Rams are losing players too, man. I, I did get this. This is cool. I think. It, oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're, we're going to have to play you guys for, yeah. the, uh, uh, for us to make the playoffs. And that's going to be a rough one. I hope we can repay you for what happened to us earlier this year, but I don't know. I think you guys will make the playoffs. Cause I mean, I, I think, um, let's see, we go to Baltimore this week, mm-hmm. which is tough. And they're, um, but they're struggling of late. They're struggling, but they moved us from the 4 30 PM, 1 20 PM, mm-hmm. our time, 4 30 PM time slot. They moved us down to 10 AM. Oh, no way. You rarely see so, that happen. Yeah. So all of a sudden, now the Rams have to play. They thought that they were going to play 1.30 hour time, yeah. which they're used to playing when they're at home. Now they're going to play another 10 o'clock game, which they just did um, in, uh, shoot, who did we just play? I don't even remember. I watched the game yesterday, sat on the couch, yelled at the TV, <laughs> and I don't remember how we played. Um <laughs> Who did it's you guys play? I, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, the <laughs> Niners played Thursday, so I didn't even watch anything football related yesterday. Yeah. So. Uh, 
Good God. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea how I can't remember that. But uh, anyways, I'm going to look it up because it's going to bug the crap out of me if I don't. The Vikings. That's there you go. We went on the road to Minnesota, beat them up. Um, it was a close game, though. It got got a little tight there at the end, but the Rams pulled it out. And they got a couple injuries, too. So it's, it's definitely injury season. Two players went on the IR today for the Rams, so they could be back for the playoffs. But You know, baseball lucked out, really, in how the virus has, has really just kind of, you know, they the variant came, but the baseball season was already kind of at the end. And then now the, the Omicron and baseball's over. So, you know, football and basketball are really getting hit hard, but baseball obviously being an outdoor sport and being in the in the summer and the spring in the early fall, that helps for sure. Yeah. But you know, it's not like nobody tested positive, but it it, it didn't it, it wasn't craziness like what NFL and NBA are going through right now. Yeah, and and baseball, the the they did have the the luck of it all because they started rolling out the um, the vaccinations December January, and then by the time it got to the players and everything, they were very well protected with their second shot. Everything was good, and. Um, the shots kind of started wearing off. I mean, my, my second one was supposed to have worn off around November. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's, you know, if you got your shots in March, then that's kind of the way it rolled. So yeah, players got theirs later and actually covered them later, which was really nice. Uh, and then, yeah, that variant just kind of ripping through. I mean, what did they have? Um, 96 more positive tests today in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's insane. The amount of, uh, of tests and the Rams played the last three games, um, completely banged up from guys on the COVID list who had zero symptoms, but because they're testing everybody, um, they got, you know, nailed and had to sit out. So the Rams have been kind of fighting that, but they won all three games. So I can't complain. I'm happy about that. Depth, man. Uh, yeah. Well, and they play, they, you know, the Rams play pretty well under adversity. Um, we saw them have a, that three game losing streak earlier in the season and kind of bounce back from that. So that was kind of nice, but yeah, so baseball's going to, it's going to be a little interesting. It, you know, we've got the lockout, got to see how that kind of plays out when that's over. Um, we're going to, we're probably going to have what we had last year uh, before spring training, the COVID rules. You yeah. know, there's going to be rules for each team and it's going to be different this year. Um, are they going to be the first ones that jump in and say, okay, you have to have your booster to be considered officially vaccinated. Cause I think, I think the CDC is actually going to change that fairly soon to say you are fully vaccinated if you've had your booster. Yep. Um, so I think we're getting to that point. So baseball could be the first sport to step in and say, okay, you are considered fully vaccinated with three shots. The NFL is also changing the testing. I think they're actually pulling back on the testing for folks who are fully vaccinated and don't have any symptoms. And today, just today, the CDC said they're cutting the isolation period in half for people who, uh, you know, who don't have symptoms anymore. So yeah. that's interesting in the way that's going to affect, because I think, you know, I'm, I'm all for being overly conservative when it comes to this stuff, because what you're doing is you're just trying to dummy proof it for the rest right. of the world. Cause you know, people are going to cheat the thing. And, oh yeah, and so you, you, you try and get, okay, 10 days knowing that people are going to be like, okay, it's day seven. I can't deal with this. <laughs> and hopefully there's, it's, they're still fine. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, football, uh, I, I imagine if basketball could follow suit, though, the leadership with the NBA is a little bit more 
um, how do you call it? Less Trumpian than the NFL, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I, I have a feeling that more NFL owners are a little bit more like Trump than a lot. Of, I'm, I'm sure there are some NBA owners and MLB owners yeah. too, but the, just the league, the way the league polices itself, it is it is a, a little bit more uh, what you and I would consider to be kind of like progressive in that way. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so you know, we'll see. In baseball, hopefully. By the time baseball comes back around, maybe we'll have the the uh, Omicron, you know, in in better standing and 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 everything, you know, kind kind of like how it worked when the season started, where we were kind of feeling good for a little bit there. Now we're kind of worried again. So, yeah, I mean, I w- I went to a baseball game. I went to a AAA game here last summer, and I didn't feel, uh, you know. Uh, worried at all and and we sat you know kind of in the front row uh down the first baseline and crowds of people around us people sit next to us behind us outdoors felt good i mean didn't have any issues and and uh i think our numbers were pretty low when we ended up going in like august so yeah it was pretty good uh but yeah i mean and the numbers around here in reno are kind of steady we're at like the six and a half to seven percent positivity rate which is pretty good um that that's kind of we we like to be closer to five um we were at like 13 14 15 percent back when things were really bad um so i'll take seven percent yeah that's fine with me you know that's still like i feel like i can go out to a restaurant you know both wife and i are are boosted so i i I have no problem going to a restaurant and hanging out for a little bit and getting a beer but uh yeah i i'm really you know kind of worried about the baseball season on two fronts now because you've got the health front and you've got the lockout front um the frightening thing is that with that is we haven't heard a damn word about the logout. I know it's just kind of still hanging around. There's, there's no news. No. And, and and I would assume as soon as the new year hits, you know, because again, this is a traditional week where a lot of people are just not in the office. And Mm -hmm. so I'm sure a lot of the owners, a lot of the, Players are on vacation. A lot of people just on vacation right now, just relaxing with the families, which is what they should be doing. So I'm sure we'll we'll hear a little bit more about that as soon as uh, next week rolls around. All right, let's hit the the theme music, and then we'll come back and start the show. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, so if you, those of you who are watching, got to see my nice little, little mug here, my copper mug. Yeah. So cool. last week, when we decided not to have a show, my drink of choice was going to be something that uh, my wife decided to make for us early last week. She called it spiked hot cocoa, <laughs> and so we had a little That's bit awesome. of hot hot chocolate with with uh, you know a little bit of bourbon in it. And uh, but this time, because again, I'll show my copper tin. I had uh, I I, I had talked to Brad before about, you know, making a a mule. And Brad said, you know, his wife really enjoys mules. But I was making them in like a coffee mug because, (laughs) you know, that's just kind of what everything fit in. That's what you got. And and so I don't know if my wife overheard this podcast or not, but on (laughs) Christmas morning, I had four nice copper tin mule friendly mugs and so i had to use it here so we got a little bit of a kentucky mule going on with my mug 
And, uh, and yeah, that's what I'm drinking today. That is great. Well, I got, so my pops. Okay. So again, like I said, I don't usually ask for things for Christmas. People come to me and they're like, what do you want? What do you want? I don't know. So I did ask for my parents. I said, just a couple of Beatles albums, you know, Mm -hmm. the last, last couple that got remixed by Giles Martin, who is, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's basically been involved with the Beatles for years and years. Um, so he remixed a couple albums, uh, and so I asked for those, and then my dad decided he said, "I'm I'm going to go out and get him a nice bottle of something." Um, so Ron Swanson approved this. Wow! I got a bottle of Lagavulin Eight Year, and uh, I this is the first time I've ever had it. Uh, I took a sip about five minutes before we connected here on the show, and it is fantastic. Um, I like the Isle uh, malts, and this is an Isle malt, so it is very uh, peaty, smoky. Uh, not as smoky as like Lafroig, where they actually smoke their their peats um, and their malts. But this is um, just very, I mean, it's very light-colored. Um, scotches are much lighter colored than bourbons because bourbons are are um, in the in the oak barrels so you right. get a lot more of that brown color and everything charred oak barrels um and and scotches generally come out of um uh like sherry barrels from from spain so you get kind of a lighter color uh but you know in in scotland it's funny because with scotch you can add you can do um uh additives to it which with bourbon you cannot do there's just no way they don't let you do that um I got to turn off my notifications here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but so you can actually add color to scotch. I don't know if this has added color or not. It's hard to tell, but with bourbon, that's a rule is you can't add any kind of additives, color, anything right. else to, to be called bourbon. It has to be just natural. Sure. Um, but it, but it's really good. It's, it's, it's got that smoky flavor to it, but not overly smoked. Very, very smooth. Uh, I don't think it's a cheap bottle. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, really savor it. It takes me about a year to get through a bottle of scotch bourbon, like three, four months. Yeah. Uh, but scotch, this sucker is going to last me about a year or more because so, it's so good. <laughs> sounds great. I might have to get some. You're going to have to tell me what you mm-hmm. think as you get another glass in. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what are we going to talk about? We just mentioned that there's not a whole lot going on <laughs> yeah. with uh, you know, because of the lockout, but we do have a few things to talk about here. So Brad did a fun poll, and I, I should have got a screenshot of this for the video podcast, but you had put up a poll early last week, which was really great because... There was a couple times where I was like, oh, I want that one. Oh, I'm going to pick that one. And it's like, <laughs> oh. it was really killing me about what to choose in, in, in your poll. But why don't you explain the poll? And uh, I'm kind of interested to hear what you chose. And I'll explain what I chose as well. Yeah. So it, I, I put this out on December 21st. And I think um, I put it out for about three or four days days i did it leading up to christmas because the question and and we took the show off last week so i thought well let's give the give the listeners and the followers on twitter something to kind of chat about a little bit so um so i basically said merry christmas giants fans you get one guaranteed christmas gift this year um what do you want under your tree 
And the three choices you got were Giants win 2022. Is it going to be 2022 already? 2022 <laughs> West. Yes. No, it's flying by. Um, the Giants sign Nick Castellanos or Bonds is elected to the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, a couple of those things could happen, but if you wanted a guarantee under your tree on Christmas Day, you got to pick one of these things. Uh, and yeah, it was because I, 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 I want all three. I, I really do. I want all three. You know, I should Grant, that to my Grant parents. Grant Brisby when, doesn't want all three, but we'll talk about that one. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a little sour on one of those, but uh, he also I don't think he'd be too upset if it happened. Um, but yeah, so going through the poll. Giant sign Castellanos came in third at ten percent. Not too many people wanted that one. I hmm. thought I thought that was kind of like a big deal, but when you put it up against two like gold prize winning yeah. answers, yeah. it was kind of tough. So after I, I thought oh, I should have put like a fourth or something like that, or changed that up a little bit. But uh, coming in at second. With 44% of the vote, and it was really close between second and first, where Giants win the 2022 West title, that was in second place at 44%. That's what I voted for. Mm -hmm. um, and then Bonds elected to the Hall of Fame, 46% of the vote. Uh, want Bonds in the Hall of Fame as a guaranteed lock. And it is his last year, so that's yes. why I threw it on there because I kind of wanted to mix it in a little bit. You don't have this choice next year. Yeah, um, I think the only way he'd be able to get in is through the vet committee, right? Yeah, and that's uh, like years from now, so I, I don't think that's something that would even happen next year. Um, but we did have some comments, which is kind of cool. Uh, Kelsey, uh, at KSA4SF, she's one of our... Um, trusted followers. She said, while it would eliminate some of my stress, I think the SF Giants could win the West anyway. Bond needs some help. LOL. <laughs> Kelsey uh, also just recently got married, so congratulations yep. to Kelsey. I've known Kelsey since, I want to say the 2009 season. Oh, wow. And we've only known each other through Twitter, but we've actually hung out together a, a few different times going to games. Because oh, nice. back in the day, you know, the late two the late two thousands when Twitter really started to to pop off, you had what these call what these were called tweet ups, and so if you right. all followed the Giants and you had like this friend circle, then you'd kind of get together and you'd go to a game or you'd grab you know you go to a bar and grab some stuff just to hang out because you've been talking to each other on Twitter. So that's how I met Kelsey, and. The maid of honor, I, I think she was the maid of honor in Kelsey's wedding, is another uh, friend of mine. And I, I uh, her uh, at handle is uh, the Mary Walton. I know Mary a lot better right. than I know Kelsey, but I met them right around the same time. I've actually hung out with with Mary quite a bit o over the years because um, we just we were just always going to games. So I know both of the, I, but Kelsey is really good people, and um, I'm I'm glad she replied. And uh, you know, again, congrats to her on uh, yeah. her nuptials. And we had quite a few responses, which was great because I did give it the three day window. Uh, again, there's not much else going on to talk about in the baseball <laughs> world and the signings world. Um, at Crazy Leo Williams said, "Could add one more option: sign Japanese star Seo Suzuki." Um, I think that's your next poll right there. Suzuki I think so. Castellanos. Yeah, and we can now. Uh, I'm probably going to put out a poll um, later this week to kind of go over the new year 
uh, weekend to say, you know, what's your New Year's resolution? And uh, you know, as a Giants fan, and then and then hopefully when we hear news of the lockout ending, <laughs> we can start doing polls of who would you rather sign? You know, because we could do it now, and it's so far away. So. Uh, and then at NFTG64 said, I think Bonds is in this time. Very confident. That was that was crazy to me because I, my fear is that you know he'll get over sixty percent, but he won't he won't get close to that seventy five. That's my mm -hmm. fear. I mean, because you see yeah. all these ballots that are coming up, and it's like, oh, um, David Ortiz, yes, no, Barry Bonds, and I'm like. Both yeah. of these guys were on reports. <laughs> like, how, like, why is one different than the other? The, the frustrating thing I've seen about the logic of that, which I don't quite understand, is that David Ortiz did it early in his career and then stopped. Yeah. And again, how do we know right. 100%? And that Bonds did it later in his career. Uh, but from what I understand, David Ortiz tested positive. Bonds actually never tested positive. Not to say that he didn't do anything, no, but again, no. it's it's the era to wipe out that entire era of baseball, but still have the teams own their World Series trophies, MVP awards, so and so and so yeah. and so, but not have the. I mean, it, it's it it blows my mind. I just I just don't quite understand. You know, to me, Bagwell and Piazza played in the same era. Mm -hmm. I saw the same photographs of them flexing their muscles, like showing off like this newly increased bicep size. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, they don't have the same, they don't get the same flack from fans because obviously bonds is going to get more flack because he was the bullseye and he had the Balco stuff, which even after that, a rod then, went to the, you know, he had his thing going on and, you know, A-Rod's thing is so funny to me. So as we know with Balco, Bonds, uh, Victor Conti had two different, um, they called them designer steroids. One right. uh, called the cream. And I forget, like, I think you like were able to, your, your, your skin just sort of soaked up the, the steroid. And then there was one that you put under your tongue called the clear. Yeah. The cream. I remember uh, hearing uh, uh, like Sheffield would talk about how he rubbed it on his knees and then it, <laughs> and then it got into his system that way. And that's how he, well, I, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but, but uh, so uh, my favorite story is the A-Rod story because basically what they were able to do, I forget the clinic that A-Rod got this stuff from, but basically he was able to take what they called a tranche or a trunk. And what it was, was like, it was like an hour later, like a little sucker candy. Hmm. And so he would, he would ingest it the night before, go to sleep for eight hours. And then basically by the time he woke up, use the restroom, it's completely out of his system. Yeah. And I think the way that he actually got caught is uh, he took it too late. So when the test came, like he is his own personal human error. I think that's that's how it worked. But yeah, I mean that whole stuff is, is so hard. Like when you're telling me that you know uh, Clemens and and Bonds and Pettit and those guys are disqualified, but Bagwell and Piazza are not, and you do so with so much like just justice. Like oh yeah, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. As like come on, you don't you don't know. And uh, I, Ken Rosenthal, who you know we love talking about, we love reading. 
he always he he always says he's like there's guys who were taking that stuff who are in the Hall of Fame like we're we're pretty sure about that and so to then keep out these other guys uh you know for the same reason it just seems hypocritical and then you know that's that's media whatever yeah uh, so but bonds was mine I, I chose bonds like that would make me so happy and you know my my kid uh he and his uh, his buddy uh Rom they they do a podcast so they they actually have two podcasts in their feed it's called the bam and it's a bunch of college uh students uh you know who are in the same uh fraternity they they do a podcast together and then my son's uh, buddy from from he's known him since they were like in first grade and they have a basketball podcast and then there's a baseball podcast well in the baseball podcast um my son was one of the hosts on that one and they talked about Lincecum. and so to them like they're they're too young to really have gone through the Bonds era, right? Like yeah. by the time my both of my kids were able to go to games, Bonds was near the end of his career. Um, you know, so it's the two thousand and seven Barry Bonds versus you know the the Bonds that we saw. But to them, their guy, the guy that they desperately want to get votes, is Lincecum, right? <laughs> and he's probably not even going to get the ten percent that he needs to stick on the ballot, which yeah. is which sucks because we saw. You know, if you, if you looked at his career in a, in a series of uh, or in a five year span, like his best five years are probably up there with really, really top level echelon pitchers in, in their best five years. But that's all it was, was five years. And then, yeah. you know, the wheels started to fall off, which well, was sad. And he came out of the gate with two Cy Youngs. I mean, yes. and then you're sitting there going, how, you know, how do you fail from this point on? And we just saw it kind of go downhill. I mean, and he's just, just so beloved in this area. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you just root for that guy, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's one of those guys that uh, you thought again, surefire hall of famer and then see what happens to him after a few years. Um, you know, after it, it was painful, it really was painful in 2012 in the world series, 2014 in the world series, kind of painful just to watch it, you know, Peter out. But, but again, I always bring this up that that's what makes 10, 12 and 14 so ridiculously special yeah. because it was different players each time. I mean, you had the constant of Posey. You had the constant you get of get a different ace every time. You had a different ace every time. You had a different closer every time. You had a different second baseman every time. Uh, a couple different first basemen. I mean, it it, it it was amazing how 10, 12, and 14 just kind of it, it wasn't just because you you caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, look what the Braves, you know, early 90s with their stellar pitching staff. They didn't get one until 96, 90, uh, oh, I'm never going to remember. 95, 96, 97. Yeah. Let's just yeah, go yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. I, think um, it was, I think it was the year after the strike, right? That's They beat the Indians. Yeah, right? yeah. Is that what it was? I believe so. Yeah, 95. So, so, it, so it took that long and they only got one and yeah. they had the same constant pitching staff yeah uh so that just kind of tells you how special that was but i just thought i'd throw it out there yeah no the, the, the hall of fame stuff is it can be so frustrating especially because you because yeah. these holier than thou voters drive me nuts they, they 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 put like there's one guy who's like nobody i'm voting for nobody here's yeah. my ballot like well okay, and that's well, how guy, I think, you don't have a vote next year guy yeah and i don't have his name but but somebody investigated him and apparently he uh kind of looked into his background and I think he was actually an 
NHL or NFL writer for years, <laughs> covered some baseball games, got a vote, and he hasn't actually voted for anybody in 10 plus years. He just yeah. keeps returning the ballot empty. It's like, how, at what point do you end up taking him off of the ballot? Yeah, no maybe, maybe have people apply for it and, you know, put in an application. We have to apply for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you might not apply f- to be a Hall of Fame uh, voter. It's yeah. just kind of seems silly. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got a couple quick things here that we want to go over. Uh, we, we teased it a little bit. Nick Castellanos, uh, Grant Brisby, he's been writing a series of articles of free agent possibilities for the Giants. And he goes over the positive and he goes over the negative and he goes over the verdict. Does he would if he was the Giants, would he sign? Yes or no. And surprisingly for Castellanos, the verdict was no. And here is the reason why. He said, um, so let, let me go to the beginning where he was talking about the, the swing. Like, you know, the, the defense, not great, but the Giants have basically been able to cobble together a defensive outfield uh, and, and been okay. You know, they, they're really dependent on the hitting when it comes to their outfield defense. But he says that Castellanos rakes, but he also hacks. And he gave the highest percentage of swings outside of the strike zone in the NL last season. Javier Baez was first. 46.6% of his hacks were outside of the strike zone. Not, but, not shocking on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Avicel Garcia, who we talked about as well, who I was like, how come the Giants weren't in on that guy? Uh, second at 41.8, uh, but Castellanos was third at 40.4. So what he said is that there's another player who swung outside of the strike zone, who was the same age when the Giants signed him all the way back in, what would it have been, 2008, I believe it was? I, I think 2009. Okay, 2009. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so... Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. That player had very eerily similar stats as one Nick Castellanos. Castellanos slugging was uh, 50, 50 points higher, but this other player's on base was uh, w- was uh, a few ticks higher. Um, but the strikes, uh, the strikeouts, and the walks were very similar. Also, this player's the other player's WAR was quite a bit higher, mostly because of outfield defense and running into the fence with his face. <laughs> That player was Aaron Rowan. So Grant Brisby is basically saying what happens is, is when maybe when you lose a little bit of bat speed, maybe when you lose a little bit of reflex, as you get a little bit older, when you have that swing first approach, it really just stops working big time. And he said, you know, Aaron Rowan gave the Giants two slightly below average seasons at the plate. Before things got really bad. So that that's, you know, that's all the for the money that they spent for Rowan. Now they won a, a championship with him as the backup outfielder. Andres Torres came in and drank his milkshake. Uh, but but so what did you think of this article on Castellanos from Brisby? I, you know, I enjoyed it. I love all of Grant's writing. We're actually going to go over two of Grant's articles today. Today's the Grant 
Brisby love fest yes. podcast. Grant, Grant's given us stuff to talk about. So, oh yeah, absolutely, and and it's stuff all Giants fans are talking about. So he's coming at you from a writer slash fan perspective as well, just like we are. Um, and it was Rowan uh, 2008. So you're right, 2008 um, was his first year. I was just looking at his offensive war. Uh, Rowan's offensive war. His highest year was 4.7. And that was the the year before we signed him. <laughs> Worked himself into a uh, a raise of double the contract because he made four point three mil that year in Philly. We signed him, and got him nine point six. What was that year. contract like? Four for fifty or something like that? Four. Let's see. It was nine point six, nine point six. 13.6, 13.6. It was not a good contract. That's an awful contract. But his, <laughs> but his offensive war went from 4.7 4 to, to 1.2 to 1.1 to wow. 0.2 to 0.3. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he was basically a replacement level player. Yeah, I mean that we got screwed big time on that one. So uh, I think I've told I've th I've told you this before. Uh, we may yeah. have even talked about it last year on the podcast, but I was in San Francisco. This is during the 2010 World Series. Mm. Um, I think it, I think it was during the World Series. It was either during the World Series or the playoffs. I can't I can't remember the time frame, but you know when you walk around San Francisco, you you'll see some players sometimes. Like I've seen yeah. Pablo you know, around town. And um, I'm, I, this is, so I'm at work. So I must've been walking to Starbucks or I'm walking to get lunch or something. And I see this guy walking in like a velour suit, like a velour track suit. Oh no. <laughs> and, and it's uh multicolored and, you know, he's definitely, you know, he, he wants to stand out a little bit. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of walking a little bit of like like a bow legged a little bit, and and so I look and I go, gosh, you know that guy looks really familiar. And uh, I turn around and and I go, wait a second, is that Aaron Rowand? And it it was a hundred percent Eric Aaron Rowand, and he kind of like I, I I from what I remember, he somebody walked up to him. And if you could imagine the Aaron Rowan that we saw play baseball, yeah, this, you know, how, how would this guy just like talk to a fan who just says, Hey, I know you, you're Aaron Rowan, you know, he, uh, he probably had like a, some tobacco in his cheek or something. Uh -huh. And he kind of just gave like the what's up. Yeah. That's exactly who I am. Kind of face. <laughs> um, not in a, this is no dissing of the guy. Like, yeah, you know, some I'm sure some of how I viewed him was as the replacement player who was making $55 million for the Giants. But I just, yeah. it was just so funny because I was like, this guy is definitely trying to be noticed. And, uh, you know, he's stealing money from the team. And, uh, but it was, it was, it was, it was cool. I was like, yeah, this, I, this is the, the velour suit, man. I love, I like it. I think we have talked about this before because he is. We, we're like, oh yeah, that's Philly through and through. Exactly. Or tracksuit, exactly. gold chain. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he did. But he's from Portland, Oregon, which is like the exact opposite of Philly. He went to Cal uh, State Fullerton. Is that the yeah, college? And he was only in in Philly for two years. So, kids, 
That's what Philly cheesesteaks do. <laughs> Don't eat too many Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> but no, I liked it. Um, you know, I liked the article. I like the fact that he brought in some some cool stuff. I love I love Grant's like cool little numbers that he brings in. Here's one that I didn't even know existed. The uh, he was Nick Castellanos was second in the league last year, the entire league in sweet spot percentage. Oh, I yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing, but now I love it. I'm going to when I, it when he hits the ball, he hits it really, really hard. Yeah, hits it on the sweet spot. And that's got to be, I, I would imagine that's can't there's some sort of camera capturing the sweet spot of the bat when the ball hits it. I mean, because you can't measure a sweet spot of a bat with you know, uh, miles per hour off the bat, hard hit ball pr- pr- rates, you know, this and that. That's probably measured by a certain distance and, and speed off of the bat. Sweet spot, that's got to be, you're, you're seeing that on the camera, right? It's hitting this part of the bat and somebody's measuring that. I don't want to be that guy, but th- <laughs> it's pretty cool that we have those stats. So he was second in the league last year in sweet spot percentage at 44%. Number one was Votto, his teammate, like 46 or 48%, something like that. Um, but yeah, so he did bring up a good point too, Grant did, that uh, a right field, I mean, because Castellanos is pretty much a right fielder now. hasn't played the infield since 2017. Um, we kind of picture him as maybe a left fielder, uh, but he's probably going to get plugged into right field. Yaz can move over to center. Um you know, and then you've got Slater and Duggar. Uh, you, you've still got Ruff um, in left field. Uh, so there's going to be some mixing and matching going on. Uh, but but Nick Castellanos with a really bad glove playing right field at Oracle. I don't know how well that sits. And I know Brian, your, your son, has talked about that quite often. I always kind of brush it off. I go, well, it's not a big deal. You know, we'll, we'll kind of hide him out there and whatever. But you can't hide somebody in right field in Oracle. You just, it, it's just not possible. I mean, we've seen it before. You try to hide Bryant out there, try to hide him in center field, not hide him, but put him in center field during the playoffs. And he had a rough game out there against the Dodgers. So it's, it's kind of tough to, to say, well, you know, we'll sign him. At, but again, DH. We don't know yes. if that's coming along. So that that's another. I, I don't think Grant mentioned that at all. But but that's somebody you can sign, and he could be a DH and be your fourth or fifth outfielder. I wonder if that's why his maybe that's why he didn't sign immediately because his agent was like, "Look, if this DH comes to pass, you're going to be worth even more money." Yes, you're going to be worth more, and there's going to be a lot more teams open for you because I'm almost wondering if they were kind of aiming back towards the American league with him. Um, even though he was in Chicago with the Cubs, he was in Cincinnati, but you know, he came from um, Detroit. So it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, was he aiming to go back to the American league, but now with national league, you know, possibly having the DH that that could open a lot more doors for him. And, and like you said too, you get a lot more bidders and that, uh, that, that rate can certainly go up. So, I'm still on board. Uh, you know, Grant did post a possible lineup, and I'll throw that out there. You got Listella at second. Uh, Listella at second base, batting first. Brandon Belt batting second. Castellanos third. Crawford fourth. Fifth, he's got Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr. Um, sixth, Yaz. Seventh, Longoria. And eighth, Joey Bart. Like he even mentioned, too, six, seven, and eight. 
you're banking on a lot. <laughs> but if you've got a guy like Castellanos in the lineup, it could t- hit 35, maybe even 40 home runs if he goes on a tear, uh, stays healthy. And then, you know, with Belt in front of you and Crawford behind you, you know, maybe you pump it up a little bit and get four or five more home runs. Um, but that's six, seven, eight. And the Giants have a lot of work to do. Once once the lockout is over, the oh, Giants yes. still have a lot of work to do on the lineup. Um, pitching staff's kind of getting rounded out, um, but but they they still have some work to do on that lineup. So another player that uh, Grant wrote about was Yusei Kikuchi, who pitched for the Mariners and opted out of his contract to become a free agent. In a year in which he went seven and nine with a four four one ERA, interesting timing to opt out of your contract <laughs> after I think what people would sort of feel was a bit of a disappointing year. But the interesting thing about him is, if you're a Giants fan, you kind of know what what, what we're talking about here. Is you know, you bring in an Alex Wood, you bring in a Gossman, and you kind of fix them, right? You bring in a yeah. Pomerantz, and you fix them. And the the two things that, that Grant looked at was uh, his stats against right-handed hitters and stats against left-handed hitters. And he gets lefties out, like, insane numbers for, for lefties. He throws hard, throws 95, uh, but he gets hit by right-handed hitters to the point of where he said, Grant wrote that, it's, it's almost an all-star player. <laughs> if you're a right-handed hitter against Kikuchi, you're basically an all-star uh, or close to it. And he was talking. He was writing about how uh, he just throws more breaking pitches to the right-handed hitters, and they, you know, talking about hard hit rate is just off the charts against against him with the right-handed hitters. So he was writing like, "Look, maybe we have maybe we have him throw more fastballs to these right-handed hitters. Maybe we don't have him throw any changeups <laughs> to these guys. You know, just the way that he was writing it." Um, so. Again, you know, this is kind of like a. For me, it's like I, I. It's not like I seen. It's not like I watched this guy pitch. You know, too often, so I don't know a whole lot about him. But what did you think about the possibility of the Giants adding Kikuchi? Because uh, Grant thought that it would be, uh, you know, be probably a Giantsy kind of move. Yeah, he he also threw out the Alex Wood special contract uh which is something kikuchi could could be looking at with the giants two years 25 million but he but he also mentions too he he hasn't pitched like wood to get that two years 25 million but with a 95 mile an hour fastball uh and lights out to left-handers against left-handers um you know maybe you do look at that deal and you say well you know there's kind of a win now team you get castellanos somebody like castellanos and you get a, a um, Kikuchi, add them, and maybe you're looking at more of kind of a pitcher-heavy type of team. Uh, some of the interesting things, too, like his career ERA is 4.97. His career FIP is 4.93. So you know that 4.97 ERA is true. That That is just kind of what you get with them. Um, throws the fastball on the cutter. 71% of the time to both left-handers and right-handers. Actually I mean, mixed it up. He, 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 he gets hit 
Because he throws more fastballs to right-handed hitters than changeups. So I, I actually had it reversed. Yeah, yeah. He throws 70, 71% of the time it's a fastball or a cutter to both left-handers. I mean, he doesn't pitch them any different. Uh, I was watching a video. There's uh, a guy you might want to check out, um, YouTube channel. It's called Pitcher List. Uh, he kind of went over some stuff and broke down his um, a couple of at bats in I think it was May or, or or yeah I think it was May of this past year um, against the Rangers and he was he was kind of dialing you know he was throwing about ninety five ninety six uh, fastball low um, does miss his spots um, but but he threw I think he had a right hander and he threw five straight. 95 to 96 mile an hour fastballs to him. Uh, but they were all over the zone. So he's going up, down, in, out, and, and kind of mixing it up. Uh, and finally got the guy on the sixth pitch with a with a um with a change up uh down. But yeah, like you said too, he and only 15% of the time he throws a slider or a change. Mm-hmm. The Giants brass, I know, would change that. There's no way they're going to take a guy and be like, keep throwing about 70% <laughs> of the time. Keep throwing a fastball or a cutter. You're doing great. No, you have an ERA near five. So the Giants brass would absolutely take that fastball, uh, mix it with the slider and the change, um, and and play with that quite a bit because the Giants are not a team. I, I can't remember the last time we saw a pitcher go, go out there and throw a fastball, fastball, fastball. Camilo Duvall did in the playoffs against the Dodgers. That was one thing. You've got a closer coming in. But when you're a starting pitcher, you're not going to just showcase your fastball over and over and over again. And this was like in the third, second, second or third inning of this video that I watched. The Giants, I don't think they would let him get away with showcasing a fastball that many times to a right-handed hitter. Um, they would absolutely be mixing it up. Um you know, I think I would be okay with the signing. Um, he does get, he is in the top 1% of hard hit rate. Um, it was funny. Grant said, I think you, you take a hundred pitchers. It doesn't matter who they are. And they're all going to have a better, uh, hard hit rate than Kikuchi did. Um, and, and he questioned too, can you fix that? I, I think you can, I think you can, if you get somebody off, balanced uh if you're mixing in more change-ups if you're mixing in more uh sliders some off-speed stuff um i I think when the fastball comes you're gonna have somebody kind of off balance and maybe you won't get as many hard hit balls i I looked up his stats earlier and i think he had something like uh, he averaged like 33 home runs a year that's a lot of home runs but if you're showcasing the fastball it's going to happen um he does pitch in a really nice pitcher's ballpark too, up in Seattle, at Safeco, if that's even called that anymore. Um, they're all changing so often. But if, but I mean, bring them into Oracle, and you have kind of the same type of ballpark. Yeah. Um, but, but I think you know if he can pitch more off-speed stuff, keep the ball on the ground a little bit more, keep it out of the, uh, you know, out of the air, out of the elements, quit throwing 95s <laughs> down the plate. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I would be okay with that signing. Um, he also mentions too, that he could not, it, it could be not a great thing for guys like Sammy Long and, 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 and jelly uh, because maybe they don't get to, uh, to get slotted in, especially if you sign him to a two-year deal. Um, you don't get to bring those guys up as early as you want to. But again, the Giants are playing the 162-game season, not a five-man rotation. Sure. 
Um, yeah, so great stuff by Grant. I, I would love to bring him on the show one of these days. Yeah, we're going yeah. to have to reach out to him at some point because it's probably mm-hmm. a good time to do so. He's not as busy as he would be during the regular season. I would love, I would just love to talk to him because he comes well, from we the, can... same, the same frame of reference of being a Giants fan as we do. Yeah, he's also a vinyl record lover. We can talk vinyl records. Oh, yeah. As well, oh, yeah. So. Totally. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see if we can make that connection. If yeah. you're Grant Brisby, um, you know, we, we've been we've been following him for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's probably seen our, our tweets outside of uh, our account, too, and just in our normal Giants account. So it, it might, yeah. might work. Okay, so um, last thing before we get out of here. I have one podcast recommendation. Oh, nice. So hanging out at Christmas, my ex-wife's little cousin, who I haven't seen since the pandemic started, she was there and we were catching up because we hadn't t- chatted in like three Christmases and... So she says, have you heard of this podcast called Your Own Backyard? And I was like, no, what is it about? And you're you're somebody who has to deal with some gnarly stuff when it comes to your everyday job. Mm. Um, and so this is a true crime podcast about... I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more true crime. I exactly. Got <laughs> you, you, could, uh, you could probably narrate your own. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, uh, there was a young woman who is from... Uh, the Stockton area in 1995. She's a freshman at Cal Poly and just disappears. And they never solved the murder, even though there's tons of evidence against one particular person, but the sheriff's office in, in uh, I guess it would be San Luis Obispo and, uh, and the, the school, the, the, the Cal Poly in of itself, like they just kind of, not not say that they didn't hustle necessarily, but I just think that, you know, it wasn't an open and shut case. So they, they had a lot of trouble with it anyways. So this thing happens in 1995 and this guy, he decides that he's going to do a documentary about this young woman who his her murder has never been solved. And he just digs deep. And this, like you, you're talking about, he is unturning, he's turning over every possible stone. And it is so good that I decided, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'll listen to the first episode. It's recommended by somebody who really likes this stuff. If it's good, I'll keep listening. If not, I'll just go then. I'll go Google what happened. So he starts this podcast in 2019. Um, in 2020... Uh, early 2020, I think he was pretty much done. Like all the information that he had, he 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 said it all. But he comes back, and then he comes back like six months later with some updates because I think the the thing got solved after you know. I mean, 1995 is my second year in college. Like that's how long wow. this thing has been going out on. So for the last. 25 26 years or so and it just earlier this year i think they they solved it and they put the guy in jail and everything so i kind of know bits and pieces of what happened um but the whole podcast goes in in deep so i'm not gonna do my google search and my digging until i finish the (laughs) podcast but it's called your own backyard and you know for somebody like me who you have a journalism degree you have a radio tv degree like we kind of dig the, like when people 
go nerdy, super nerdy into it and just create oh, yeah. something. You know, it's a podcast. Like we do a podcast. Our podcast is a little bit different, but uh, I always, res- I always have so much respect because, you know, you don't do it for money. You do it because it's a project. You do it because it's something you really enjoy. You do it for a bigger purpose, which this guy, his entire purpose was, I just want to know who killed this woman so that her parents could finally rest about this, you know, yeah. after 25 years, 26 years. So good recommendation. I, I'm probably late to the game on this because the podcast has been going on since 2019. I just found it. But uh, yeah, your own backyard. That's my podcast recommendation. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the true crime stuff. Like I won't watch any of the, like any of the true crime stuff on Netflix. I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but the cool thing about those is they actually bring to light the crimes again. Yeah. Uh, some cold cases. And then they, uh, uh, you know, go out and actually solve the case, which is, which is great for the families, the, the victims, families and everything I've worked on, um, at my job, a couple of cold cases over the years. Uh, and it's always satisfying. Uh, you know, we had one from the seventies. Wow. And it's always satisfying to, to, to actually do that, get the conviction. And you're like, Oh, the family can finally like breathe again. Yeah. Unfortunately, when they're cold cases, you have so many of the older, um, you know, relatives that aren't around anymore. Yeah. Sometimes it's like the parents aren't around anymore. Yeah. So they can't see the justice happen, but you know, at least, well, you know, we did our part to, to get them some justice for the family that has been carrying this for years and years and years. So that's why I, I, I do like to try the, the true crime podcast and I won't watch them. I won't listen to them because <laughs> I, I got enough going on with my own work and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm into Hawkeye. I'll watch Hawkeye. There you I'm go. Just, I just watched black widow the other night. I love that. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, how, how soon until you go and watch Spider-Man? Are you going to wait for it to come to VOD? Oh. Our oldest one, the 15-year-old, she just went to go see it last night. Uh, she absolutely loved it. So I, I'll probably, knowing me, it's like, I pay for Disney+. Plus. I'm going to wait for it. To <laughs> so, so that's what I've been doing. But we still have uh, Shang-Chi. We still have to watch that. That's really um, good. Yeah, that looks awesome. But again, I want to watch Iron Man 3 first. So I've got to, <laughs> <laughs> just to get back into that. So then when I watch Shang-Chi, I'm like, okay, cool. Now I get it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff I got to go back and watch. Plus with the 4k tv and now disney plus did the imax enhanced mm-hmm. so we're watching black widow and i forgot about the imax enhanced and then so everything's normal letterbox you know uh 16 by 9 2.35 by to one ratio and all of a sudden an action sequence starts and it's boom takes up almost the whole screen bright everything is beautiful colors are popping and i'm like whoa this is fantastic so i think shang chi is all in imax oh wow Um, so i'm very excited to watch that now so yes very cool yeah i still need to finish mandalorian because boba fett comes out this week yeah and i think the book of fett is actually rated ma i saw that in in a little blurb and i go because i was getting ready to watch it i'm like oh the 13 year old hey we could watch this because she loves mandalorian and then i found out it was ma and i go "Mm, sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'll let you know how it is (laughs) well also you could you could let her know if it's like an ma that's that's she can handle yeah maybe she can watch a couple episodes here or there so yeah we'll see (laughs) all right that's gonna be it from here uh thanks for listening also just you know if you were on your little apple podcast or whatever give us a rating drop a five star in there for us 
And uh, and yeah, so uh, subscribe also to wherever you get your podcast, so we can see the downloads and I can see those numbers going up. And maybe, just maybe, Apple Podcast decides that oh, we want to highlight these guys for Giants yeah. Podcast. You search for Giants Podcast, we want to get these these guys in there. Like, these uh, guys are good, man. <laughs> really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to uh, Brad. I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.